Support for Innovation Hub comes from Mimecast. Nearly 30,000 companies worldwide use Mimecast to help prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, phishing, and impersonation attacks. Mimecast, committed to making email safer for business. Mimecast.com. Support for Innovation Hub comes from the Graken Center for Addiction at Boston Medical Center, making long-term recovery a reality for patients like Cassie, who now supports others struggling with the disease. You can see Cassie's story and learn more at bmcaddiction.org. Welcome to Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller. A lot of the topics that have been swirling around in the presidential election this year have been, I'm going to say, unusual. They're not your classic debate or white paper or op-ed topics. But if you were going to pick two issues that are more traditional and that have been a big deal throughout the campaign, they might be jobs and immigration. And one person who sits in a unique position when it comes to those two issues is Maria Contreras-Sweet. She's a member of President Obama's cabinet, the head of the U.S.'s Small Business Administration, and she's an immigrant. I was born in Mexico, Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico. And when we got to the United States, we couldn't speak English. We didn't know the culture. We didn't know the language. So for my mother to be able to provide for my family, she wasn't going to get a government or a big corporate job. The only way in which she could uh, provide for her family was by being hired by a local small business. I met with Contreras Sweet recently at MIT, and I talked to her about where new jobs are going to come from, whether immigrants are indeed taking American jobs, as has been discussed a lot in this campaign, and how her own family dealt with starting over in an entirely new place. When she came to America, her mom and dad had separated, and her mother had to raise a family without a lot of resources. She was hired by a a poultry processing plant. And it was a beautiful story just to see her because she would always say, you know, I came to America because there's a reason. I know my kids are going to do well here. And she and she worked in this refrigerated plant and I saw her fingers stiffen and her legs thicken. And I'd write to my grandmother and I'd say, I don't know why we came here. It wasn't like that back at home. And she said, because I know you will provide success for yourself and for others along the way. And remember, it's not the titles you have. It's, the ti- it's what you do with the titles that you have that matters in life. And that was an important lesson for me. That is a hard job working in a poultry plant, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, People don't realize. Just... I mean, they, they eat chicken and they don't realize that like, these, are, these are tough physical jobs. Correct. Yeah. Exactly right. But it was always so that's how she got her first job was just applying at a local place. And they knew her. They knew her integrity and, and her hardworking sense. And so, but that's my point, that that is the experience that so many Americans across America have. How do they get their first job? It's usually at a small business that knows them, that knows them through church and has a sense of comfort with them and then engages them. There's been a lot of talk, um, especially during this election season, and I'm sure you've heard some of it, this idea that... um, when immigrants come in, they take American jobs rather than, let's say, create American jobs or, or add to the tax base. When you hear all that floating around, as it has been in the mm-hmm. ether, what do you think? Just in general, what I've always felt is um, uh, I wonder where that comes from. Because what I do see is some of the same people who are concerned about immigration inflows, that uh, there's no comment about the corporate outsourcing 
of jobs around the world. And so I have to say, how do you feel about the corporate outsourcing? Because that's where the really good quality jobs are. I mean, if some people are coming in here to pick our grapes, to pick our tomatoes, jobs that most other people don't want to do, to clean out our hotels, to work in the back room of our restaurants, and we, and we hold them with such hostility, you know, the way we view them. But all of us, you and I and everybody in this room and in this audience, had somebody in their life that wanted America for them. We all came from different places with different backgrounds, but all of us have in common that somebody wanted America for us. And we should honor that and respect that and be a country of people that is committed to embracing our differences because that's what's driving our productivity is when you have diversity of thought, of background, of experiences, skill sets, that's what creates the most innovation, the most success. And all studies prove that the more diversity you have at a table, everybody produces better. So, so if you do think about job formation and you do think about small businesses, what role do immigrants play? And obviously, we're not just talking about immigrants from Mexico. There's immigrants from all, every country in the world. Um, but what role do they play? In, and how should somebody think about it who thinks... Well, gee, I don't know. I do see a lot of people coming to America and, and wanting a new life, and maybe the jobs they're getting could be my job. Right. Uh, what I see is that today, 40% of the Fortune 500 companies are led by immigrants, and many of them created these companies. And so when you look at the job creation that's taking place, it's phenomenal to see what you know the founders of all these companies are doing and the jobs they're creating in our company. In fact, when I meet with um, so many of the Silicon Valley CEOs today, they are clamoring. And this is another, uh, I think, uh, challenge for our country. They are clamoring for more immigrants. It's actually Silicon Valley and the high-tech companies that are asking us for more technologists, more engineers, which is in part why I'm here today, is how do we have them become homegrown? I think that's so that, yes, we can absorb some, you know, and I understand that they want them today, but I also ask those same people, those same corporate CEOs, what are you doing to make sure that we're growing homegrown engineers and technologists? How are you investing? For example, in San Jose, you want to bring in everybody in from Russia, you want to bring people from China, and that's fine. Right. But what are you doing to develop the capacity in your own San Jose backyard? In Fresno, what are you doing to invest in our own American children to make sure that they're getting a proper education? I think those are some of the questions we need to be asking ourselves. Why, why isn't that happening as much? I mean, why do people want to go to India and Russia and, you know, and China and take the cream of the crop uh, rather than say, well, boy, we've got elementary and high schools down the street. Uh, we could groom those people to make $120,000 a year as a software engineer. I think we have to do some real deep soul searching ourselves because... Uh, you've been out to restaurants. I've been out to restaurants. Right? We all go out to dinner. And so many times I find that someone will, um, if we have a French uh, uh, waiter, and they'll just say, isn't that exquisite, his accent? Oh my gosh, it's so sexy. <laughs> or an Italian. And yet, when it's a Latino and it's a Spanish accent, they bristle and they say, why can't they learn English? So I am concerned about the embedded bias that we have for mm -hmm. some people of color. And I think that's why I suggest that we have to do some soul searching. And my goal 
to a great extent is how do we use that wind to our back? How do we say, if we have Spanish-speaking people here in our country, instead of saying that's a, somehow a disadvantage, how do we use that extra language to say, how do we capture the Western Hemisphere markets? How do we go into uh, Nicaragua, Venezuela, Colombia that's now normalizing, Argentina that's normalizing so, so aggressively? How do we capture those markets with these people who know that culture, who know the language, who have families in that? And let's use that as the wind to our back, go back and capture these markets and continue the global preeminence and the exceptionalism of what is America. A final question for you. When you travel around, do you ever meet kids whose experiences remind you of your own experiences growing up as an immigrant, uh, you know, being involved in some ways peripherally at first, at least, with small businesses? Um, I was recently at a high school back in my hometown and saw people who I thought looked just like me when I was there, <laughs> you know, and I just said, I wish I could talk to my old self, you know, I really wish that my young self, that I could engage them, but absent that, I could talk to these young people, because um, I think that young girls today, no matter what your background, we need to dream bigger, you know, our young boys and, and young girls, I want them to dream bigger, you know, because Mark Zuckerberg said something to us recently in, in um, Silicon Valley, and he said, well, he was at Harvard, and he came up with this uh, with this technology. He said, "Gosh, this is such a cool thing. Somebody's going to create something really cool out of this." But he watched, and no one did. And then he began to do it just for the university, if you remember. Mm -hmm. And then he said, "Well, somebody's going to create like an external, you know, app for this," and no one did. And and then he said, "God, somebody's going to take this global," and no one did. And the quite the real the real point to me was, you know, if you're a young kid with a great idea be that person. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't naturally think that that was who he was. But somehow when he saw no one else was stepping up, he picked that brass ring. He took it and he ran with it. And I encourage every kid to grab that ring and to run with it because that's what America is about. It's about free enterprise. It's about taking your dream and taking it to scale and fulfilling your potential to improve the quality of all of us, to make us a more sustainable world, and to help us be have a more enduring and quality of life. Maria Contreras-Sweet runs the U.S. Small Business Administration, and she's a member of President Obama's cabinet. I spoke with her recently at MIT. We will have links on our Facebook page to several examinations of the role that immigrants play in America's economy, including one that Administrator Contreras-Sweet mentioned, which looks at how many Fortune 500 companies were founded by immigrants. About 40% were started up by either immigrants or their children. That's at facebook.com slash innovation hub radio. Support for Innovation Hub comes from Mimecast. Nearly 30,000 companies worldwide use Mimecast to help prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, phishing, and impersonation attacks. Mimecast, committed to making email safer for business. Mimecast.com.